Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today, we look ahead to one of the most major milestones of our lives when we graduate into retirement. Now, here's our valedictorian and certified financial planner practitioner, Eric Brotman, your host of Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating. Get ready for inspiration and actionable advice to guide you towards a seamless transition into a dignified retirement where you get to make your dreams a reality. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate. This is Eric Brotman, your host, and this is episode 20 of season one. Our freshman year is coming to a close today, uh, and we have a, a, an amazing and inspirational guest with us today. Christy Shiano is here in studio. Christy is a yogi, which is extremely threatening to me, and we'll find out more about that momentarily. She's also a business owner and owns the Mindful Movement Center, plus she has a gig in corporate America. This is a very busy lady who's taken time to be on our show today, uh, and Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun because I am so anxious to know, first of all, how you balance these various things mm-hmm. uh, and also how your plan has evolved over time, Sure. Um, particularly in light of some of the experiences you've had in your life. So mm-hmm. why don't we begin with a little bit of history and some of your background and some of the things that, uh, that maybe are, are most remarkable about your, your journey thus far? Sure, sure. So I guess the kind of way to think about my journey in life is three stages, if you will, like act one, right? Growing up, I want to go to college. I'm very blessed and lucky. I I come from a great family, but we encountered some financial difficulties. And my parents always said education is the way to go. So I worked really hard, got through school, and I actually wanted to be a doctor back in the day. Couldn't afford college. No way I could afford medical school. So I went to my guidance counselor. I said, hey, what's the highest paying job out of college? He said, chemical engineer. I'm like, sign me up. So I found I liked it, and I was all about working, 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 working. I rose through the ranks, and I was very fortunate and blessed and did well. And um, spent the majority of my career in in sales, technical sales, in corporate America, um, rose through the ranks, and I was very grateful and had an awesome professional career that way. And then in 2007, some life things happened, and I got into this wonderful sport called triathlon. And I was writing. That's three, three more athlons that I want to do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So triathlon. So triathlon. Because when two is not enough and four <laughs> seems excessive. Swim, bike, run. Okay, fair. Swim, bike, run. Okay. And um, I was training, and I was hit by a truck while I was training, and I suffered a very bad physical experience, and mental experience, and. Long story short, I lost everything. Um, I lost the ability to think. I lost the ability to move. Um, it was a financial challenge. I lost my job too. So this way that I had defined myself in Act One as, you know, do well, rise to the ranks of corporate America. I lost it all. And what does that mean? So I spent 
a long time recovering and getting back, and I'm very grateful for that, but something started brewing inside of me. I don't know what I want to do, but I know that that path was no longer the path I wanted to go on. And um, so I had always practiced yoga, but I wanted to become a yoga teacher. I wanted to deepen my practice, so I I, I did that, which was great. And then... um, I had a business coach and, you know, getting my career and everything up and running and rolling along, but something was speaking inside of me like, this is, I need to explore this. And I found yoga therapy. It's all yoga. Yoga therapy is using yogic methodologies to ease suffering and pain in all the layers of our being, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. So this goes back to why, back in stage one, if you will, I want to be a doctor. I want to help people. I really do find a lot of joy in helping people. I'm like, this is great. So, thousand hours of training. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very blessed. I work for a wonderful company, wonderful people, best company I've ever worked for. I'm so grateful. Um, so, I have a side hustle helping people with yoga therapy. And next phase of my life, to your point, you know, don't retire, graduate. I've graduated, quote unquote, retired from phase one, phase two, and phase three. I want to keep doing this. So it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting way that we think about life in these acts and phases, but how we need to be holistic, right? You have financial wellness, you have spiritual wellness, you have physical wellness. I'm all about the wellness. So that's my story in quite a bit of a nutshell. <laughs> well, and, and it, it truly a, a remarkable story and an incredible recovery. And, um, you know, no one who didn't know that story would suspect that you had to relearn some of the things that uh, many of us take for granted. So I, I give you incredible, uh, incredible credit for that. I, that, that takes um, fortitude. It takes attitude. Uh, and it, it seems like you've you've tackled that one, and now you're making a difference for a lot of folks. So, um, financial wellness is mm-hmm. something I I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual wellness and um, uh, and and physical wellness are things that I understand, though it's not something that that we spend much of our time professionally uh, mm-hmm. working with. Um, how do you integrate them? And and uh, and are there times in your life where one becomes more important than the other and it's a pendulum that swings a little bit or um, how do you integrate all of that as you're going through not only your own world but uh, the world of your clients or, or customers or, or patients or are they patients you're not a clients. doctor we clients call, we call them clients yeah. okay so no patients mm-hmm. you have no patients that's what, they- <laughs> <laughs> that's what my parents said i don't have a lot of patients <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that, well, that's that's the one thing. I was like, Chris, do you want it now? And I was like, I've learned more patience, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so your clients, how do you help them navigate the the uh, maybe the the changing mm-hmm. sway of which wellness, almost like whack a mole, which one comes first and which one is more important at a given moment? Mm-hmm. And does that change periodically? It depends on the person. It depends on the situation. That's a really excellent question. So, let me give a couple examples. So, I specialize in working with athletes and older populations, but I I work with professionals too because I'm a professional and I I understand that world. So professional client has severe stress and anxiety, <laughs> severe stress and anxiety. Yeah, right? And, and there's a big project looming and I have no control over it. And how, how do I deal with that? We don't solve people's problems. What we do is we help them find ease from suffering and pain in the layers of their being. As I mentioned, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and energetic. And it is all interconnected. It's interwoven. So, you know, it used to be, and again, for this example, was a freakout session. Oh my God, I have all this stuff to do. Oh my, I'm so stressed. Anxiety, I can't freeze. And it's interesting because everyone says, 
take a breath, take a breath. There's science that backs up taking some breaths. It may not be just a breath, but okay. So I worked with some breathing techniques. Just pause for a minute, put the brakes on, breathe. Here's a breathing practice to help calm your system. May take some time, five, 10 minutes, that's okay. Walk away from the desk, walk away from those crazy emails, breathe. And then when you're calm, come back. And there's lots of other yogic methodologies that we put in there, but then you can go ahead and move forward. That's one example from a professional setting. Um, How you integrate the yogic side with the professional side. Um, With the physical side, older populations, movement is an issue. We all get older. There's no fountain of youth. We've all tried. (laughs) Wish we could find it. (laughs) Yes, there's only so much Botox. Right. (laughs) But specific movements to help find some ease in the joint so that you can move better through life. And to your question is like, how how does each one, there's no priority because it's in the moment. And that's the thing too is the future's not here yet. Past has already happened. What is in the present moment is the only thing that's there. So you have to walk that line of figuring out what's working, what's not. And how do you do that? Did that kind of answer the question? Yeah, I, th- I, I think it did. I, I had a, um, an amazing experience doing um, transcendental meditation mm-hmm. um, and actually spent four days um, at a retreat that included 24-hour vow of silence, which people who know me think is completely impossible, but mm-hmm. I actually managed to do that. But one of the things that was sort of drilled into all of us was this idea of practicing of what is called for now. Mm-hmm. This idea, and and I'm right there with your client, uh, the, the emails, the the messages, the, the stressors, the priorities, and, and of course now it's holiday season. There are extra pressures on all of us, um, or many of us, from a family standpoint, from a travel standpoint, from a a balance of work life. Work life is never more difficult than mm-hmm. it is at the holidays, especially folks with kids and jobs suddenly have daycare issues or they're juggling and it's a really stressful time and it goes really fast. Mm-hmm. And I, I think all of us need to, to take that breath and none, none of us, I won't say none of us, lots of us don't do that instinctively. Mm-hmm. I know I don't, I have, to, I have to force myself to take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually find that my favorite meditations are walking meditations. Yeah. Um, I think because it's kinetic, and I think because uh-huh. it allows you to, to think and move. In fact, I now have a standing desk, and when I'm on the phone, I tend to pace. So I'm doing a walking meditation while I'm, while I'm working. That's fantastic, because everyone thinks sitting in meditation is, oh, I'm sitting still. No, there's all kinds of different meditation. Same thing, like my job is, my corporate job is super stressful. I run. I do I, I do triathlon. I've done I've retired from triathlon, but I still run. That's how I manage. It's a moving meditation to me because I can think, I can breathe, I can go through a better route of just the craziness of the day. So there are definite pivot points in life. In mm-hmm. fact, we had a guest recently who talked a lot about pivot mm-hmm. points, um, and you you clearly had a pivot point that was not deliberate and mm-hmm. not planned and not one you expected, and it was. I think that's more of a pivot. That's sort of a... An, that was an a crash. About, well, <laughs> a literal, crash. <laughs> it's, it's like an about face, okay? Yeah. So, so there's that. But, but there are certain moments um, in our lives where pivots are anticipated, but we still don't know what they're going to feel like. Mm-hmm. One of them is a graduation from high school or college or a graduate program. There's certain pivot points that mm-hmm. come out of that. Um, 
one of them is a job change mm-hmm. or a marital change or relational change or family changes. You know, there, there, there's a, a moment where, you know, in a, in a normal course of things, we tend to bury our parents. Mm-hmm. And that is, a, um, that is a moment that I'm fortunate I haven't experienced yet, but presume that I will. And, and certainly we we've, we've know people who've been through that. For our purposes, when we're talking about financial wellness, mm-hmm. one of the things that comes up is the pivot point around career mm-hmm. and specifically around this idea that we all have to retire someday. I, I can think of no fate worse than being idle and having no feeling of purpose. It doesn't have to be for profit, mm-hmm. but at least for purpose. So, you know, all the millennials, you crazy kids, have, have figured out. God love you for thinking I'm one, I'm not. But. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but all the millennials have a side hustle, and that means you're acting like a millennial. So if your parents ever said you're acting like a child, this is one of those, <laughs> one of those moments. But you, you have this, um, you have this uh, ability to, to make a difference in people's lives and still to be in corporate America mm-hmm. and still to make the living that presumably you want to make. So what are the steps for you um, without, you don't have to go into tons of detail, mm-hmm. but what are the steps for you for financial wellness? What mm-hmm. are the kinds of things that have um, made a difference for you in that regard, especially since you had to do a full start over mm-hmm. as a young adult? Mm-hmm. That's a really, really great question too. Um, so growing up the way I did, it, it, it made an impact on me. So I was always a good saver. <laughs> you know, I I take the old school thing where it's like immediately I take 10% and I put it in the bank. or That's the first thing I do is I take something and I save it. So I'm very fortunate from that aspect. That's always the first thing that I've done. And it wasn't always a lot. <laughs> Didn't cover everything, but that's kind of what I did in the first phase, right? I was doing that. And then when the the big change happened, that big pivot, that big crash, um, I was fortunate enough that I had a bit of a cushion that was used up for lots of other stuff. But it's planning. Um, is I know that the present moment is not what the future moment's gonna be. And I take the thing of like, all right, I know the vision I want for the future. And part of that is having the freedom to do what I wanna pursue. And in our society, that freedom comes with having some financial freedom as well. So it was always kind of saving and planning and working with folks like you, right? That, hey, I don't know about all this stuff. Coach me, help me, help me plan. This this is what I wanna do. What do we need to do to get there? So you know, in those points, it really was, I don't know what necessarily the future is. I know what the vision I want for the future, for my future to look like is this, how do we need to get there? And it's just saving to make sure I have the financial freedom to pursue what I want. And you know, the side hustle is great. The fulfillment I get is helping people. And I'm very fortunate and blessed that I have my corporate gig, but you know, I can see a client one night a week when I'm not working (laughs) and that's great. So it's, it's interesting, too, because in this holistic manner, we do things for fulfillment. Money's not always the fulfillment. It wasn't the first part of my, the first phase of my life. It really was. I, I wanted to be independent. I wanted to do stuff, you know, I couldn't do. And that's great, but money, things don't bring happiness. Things don't bring joy. For me, the happiness is really helping other people. And as awful as that accident was, it really is a blessing because now it helped illuminate a path that I can really get back to the thing that brings me joy is helping people. 
let's let's unpack this a little sure. bit, if we can, mm-hmm. because one of the things one of the things you mentioned was uh, this idea of saving ten percent first, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the paying yourself first concept is one that I absolutely do believe in. Um, and whether ten percent is the number or not is not material. Where did you learn to do that? Was that instilled by your parents? Was it um, was it innate? Like, how did you learn to do that? I'm trying to think, the first thing. I think it was Susie Orman. <laughs> I think it was Susie. Was it Susie Orman? Um, I just remember, you know, like back then before the internet was really big and you can have the information at the fingertips is I went and I got, a, I think it was Susie Orman's book and um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I just picked some stuff up. Like I, my parents didn't say save 10%. I, di- I didn't see that. It was just, I need to, if I don't want to have X situation. I need to make sure that that is the priority one. And someone, did someone tell me? Or but no. Here, here's the thing I remember going back all those years ago is if you do it first, you don't think about it. So if you look at this pot of money, if you will, and it's like okay, I have X X X X X. Oh, there's not enough for saving. Versus right off the pot, it goes. What then? I have to make that rest of the pot work. So. It was just easier to do it that way. I had that deducted right away. Didn't even think about it. Just put in a different account. And that was the money I played with was whatever was left over. That's one of um, the key determinants to financial success. If you had to boil it down to a couple of things, that would be one of them, mm-hmm. which, is, uh, which is making sure that you immediately live on less than 100% of what you make. I mm-hmm. mean, clearly you have to earn more than you spend. And for some people, it really is too tight to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's an incredible exercise to say, I'm going to live on X percent. Um, we actually typically start folks at 15 percent. Um, and the, the reason that we do that is that the math, when you start to go through all the different, uh, all the different equations, the math tends to work a little better at 15. Mm-hmm. And frankly, at 15, sometimes three to five of that comes from employer matches. Mm, So it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be 10 out of your pocket. It just has to be 15% of your gross. Um, Now, one size never fits all. I I use the the analogy that if one size fit all, hospital gowns would look much more flattering (laughs) on all of us, um, and they don't. Um, But the, the, the idea behind that is the earlier you start, the easier it is to get by on 10 or 12 or 15%. If you wait until you're 50, um, not that it's too late, but you might be at 30 or 35% before you realize just how to get to that financial independent moment. So Mm -hmm. financial wellness is, in that regard, a lifestyle and one you have to pick up early. Um, I would argue physical wellness is likely the same. People who are active as teenagers and 20-year-olds probably are more likely to stay active into their 30s and 40s than someone who's wildly inactive is to suddenly pick it up in their 40s. But it's never too late. It's never Never too too late. late. It's never too late. And I'm feeling that you're going to be my new accountability partner because, boy, do I need one of those. I'm happy to help. uh, I I appreciate (laughs) that. So, uh, And then, you know, from a spiritual wellness standpoint, some of those kinds of things are – um, they're ingrained either by uh, by parents or grandparents or uh, schooling or um, religious affiliation or any number of different things. How did you acquire that piece? That's a really um, interesting. So I was raised Catholic. Um, and at one point in my life, actually, I'm going to become a nun. Believe it or not, my friends are probably cringing right now if they heard this. <laughs> like well, you. <laughs> they are going to hear this. And she's not wearing a habit currently. I did, I did go to Catholic high school. Okay. Um, and, you know, it was it was religion and which is different than spirituality in my definition and it was i was very fortunate and blessed i got to learn a lot about different religions too 
And the thing that I learned when I started looking at these other religi- religions and in quotes, you know, the formal institutions was a lot of the threads are the same. Mm-hmm. So why do you need that specific thing? So I just made a shift to spirituality. Um, I don't think there's a right and a wrong because everybody's experience with whatever higher power that you give it a name to. I call it God. Some people call it the universe, whatever you call it to. And then I always believed. And when my accident occurred, I'm a scientist by training, right? I tend, my undergrads in chemical engineering you know, it's facts. This is, this is it, black and white. <laughs> and the prognosis I got was dire. And there's one thing that I believe in my heart that I have no way to back up is I had people I didn't know. I had my family and friends praying for me. And I really believed that good energy coming towards me helped heal me. Um, so coming out of that, I was like, let's explore this further. Yoga is not a religion. Um, there is a spiritual component of it. That's part one of the other koshas. And I just explored it. And it, it's a journey. It's a journey. Where I am today is not where I was yesterday. And where I'm in the future is not where I'm going to be now. So I really, it's, it's always been something since I was a little kid, because I was raised in an atmosphere of, be, of believing. And I saw some, some cool stuff along the way. There are uh, uh, lots of people who have been through um, experiences that immediately stop them in their tracks, Mm -hmm. much like you were with your accident. Um, There are folks who have that through a a diagnosis or a family tragedy or other events. Um, And the the folks who come through on the other side of that um, often have a new outlook, a new, you know, we have, we represent hundreds of families and within those hundreds of families we've heard some amazing stories of recovery and resiliency and and um and love and compassion and empathy and all of that um how difficult is it i mean you you haven't been through it necessarily but you have clients who you might discuss this with how difficult is it to gain that kind of incredibly valuable healthy perspective without going through the kind of life-altering experience you had Empathy and compassion, you know? So you're saying it's an easy lift. No, it's not, it's not an easy <laughs> right, lift. Well. But, but, you know, trying to, to see something from someone else's perspective. If you may, you know, there are people that have never had anything. They're lucky. They've never had a broken bone. They've never had a physical injury. They've never had a financial crisis. They, they've had a pretty good way. That's great. They're not better. They're not worse than... How do they relate to somebody? How do you understand it? It's through empathy and compassion. Listening to someone else, acknowledging that you hear them is, I think, a way that you can gain that, even if you don't have a life-altering experience. Do you think people who have been through um, tougher circumstances are better prepared for the next tough circumstance, even if it's totally different? I think it depends on the person and the the situation. Okay. Everybody's different. I went back and I spoke to people in, in rehab. They asked me to come back. And one of the, it's interesting because one of the questions I got was, how come you're happy? Wow. And I was like, that's really, he's like, I'm depressed. I'm sad. This sucks. I lost my job. I can't pay for my, what? I, how come you're happy? Were you happy? I'm like, no, I wasn't happy. I remember my breakdown moment. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it very clearly. But you can get through things and that's what hope is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody is different. He had a really bad physical accident. There are people that have depression and anxiety that have never had a bad accident. So we never know what's going inside of people either. Stuff happens, even if you don't see it on the outside. I can think of truly no better topic at the holidays than to to talk about the joy and appreciation and empathy and compassion um, and to find your calling, which it sounds like you have. Mm-hmm. Um, What's next? What's what's Act 3 look like? Any idea? Any sneak previews for us? Act 3 is to continue helping people through yoga therapy. I'm finishing up my final year of school. Yay! <laughs> A thousand hours. I'm, I love it. It's going to be sad to finish, but it's also be great because then I can have my official certification. Um, Act 3 is pursuing helping people more and more as much as I can through yoga and through yoga therapy. Um, You know, it's interesting that concept of retire, don't graduate, and I specialize in working with older populations. And there are older populations that just sit at home, but they don't do anything. They don't move. They're they're there. And that gives you an opportunity to try some stuff. Maybe go back and learn a new hobby. Maybe take a class and things like that. I I always in my Act 3, even through Act 1, Act 2, is how can I grow and expand? I love to learn. So throughout my life, I always want to learn something and and move forward however I can and be the best person I can. So in Act 3, it's really continuing to help people as much as I can and also try and be the best person I can and learn from others. Well, I'm not a gambler, but my money's on you. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Um, Before we close our Mm -hmm. show, um, one of the things we ask every guest to do, as as I know you're aware, is we ask for an extra credit assignment. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that someone who's just spent a half hour or so with us can take away from the show um, that will make a material impact on them, either on their financial wellness or their ability to graduate um, and rather than retiring in its official sense, um, or other types of wellness, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Any step that folks can take that's that one item, what would that be? I'd say part one, take a pause. Take a pause, breathe, ground yourself if you need somebody to help you i can help you with that or you know find a a yoga teacher to just take a pause and get in touch with yourself and see what your heart is telling you what brings you joy brings you happiness and once you find that thing make a plan here's something that was a big impact when i was young i saw people driving to work and they looked miserable (laughs) they looked awful i'm like i never want to be that don't be that person if you can help it. Take a pause, find what brings you joy, brings you happiness, and then make a plan. Make a plan. So financial wellness. I wanna retire in a Caribbean island. Great, that's awesome. That brings you joy, that brings you happiness. Make a plan. Talk to BFG. <laughs> Talk to someone, make a plan to get you there. Physical wellness. I want to be healthy and active. Great, okay, what's your plan to do that? Um, and then you have to execute on that plan. Um, spiritual wellness, meditate, or, or, or do something else. But I think it all starts with just taking a pause, getting in touch with yourself, and then make a plan. Because if we don't have a plan, we just kind of say, oh, well, I want to do that. That's great. A lot of people want to. But what are you going to do about it? So that's so, my homework is take a pause and think about your plan. Make a plan. And then act on it. And then act on it. I love that. How can people get in touch with you um, who want to learn more about either your business or your practice or what have you? Awesome question. You can email me at mindfulmovementcenter2018 at gmail.com. 
You can call me at 215-410-9650, or you can visit my website at www.mindfulmovement.center. Dot center. Dot center, not a dot com. I'm revising my website, but that's how you can get in touch with me right now. So those are the three Got ways it. you can get a hold of me. Give us that address one more time because I'm going to put it on our show notes for you. Sure. So my email is mindfulmovement2018 at gmail.com. Phone is 215-410-9650. And my website is www.mindfulmovement.center. Fantastic. Um, you told all of our audience to, to take a break. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what the show is about <laughs> to do. I couldn't have scripted that any better, and I swear you weren't a plant. Um, but now that it's holiday time, we're going to take a break. It's the end of our freshman year. Um, all of our listeners are going to be sophomores come January, which is very exciting. We'll be back with a new season of Don't Retire, Graduate. I want to thank you, Christy Shiano, for being our guest today. You were fantastic. Thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Well, you were uh, an amazing guest and a perfect holiday time guest, which is um, very much appreciated. So uh, with that, I'm your host, Eric Brotman. It's been a pleasure guiding all of our freshman class through the first year of not retiring, but in fact graduating. Uh, we'll be back with a whole new season starting in January. Uh, in the interim, you can check out our, our past episodes at www.don'tretiregraduate.com. If you'd like to get in touch with our firm, BFG Financial Advisors can be reached at www.bfgfa.com. So for now, this is Eric Brotman signing off and reminding you, don't retire, graduate. From this day forward, let us make each decision with our best interests in mind. Let us begin visualizing our dreams and reaching our goals. It's time to take the next steps in our life journey and build our futures. Today, I implore you, don't retire, graduate. Visit our website, don'tretiregraduate.com to download episodes and connect with us on social media. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.